Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We're finally here. The top teams in college basketball have been determined and the Final Four is set. Looking to wager on these games or the national championship? Head over to betonline.ag on your desktop or your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get you started. That is B-L-E-A-V, guys. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all updated odds and info, along with player props and new contests throughout the year. It's the best source for all your sporting wagering needs, including live betting and everyone's favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so join today. Learn why everyone is saying bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on sports. Bet online, guys, where the game starts. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Good afternoon on a beautiful Thursday, and welcome to the Rosh Markazi Show on the Mighty Air 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined, as always, by producers G. Hey Wiley and Armani Buckets, although Buckets will be joining us in this second segment. Uh, so, G. Hey, how are you doing on this glorious Thursday? You know, it is one more day closer to March Madness, so I will always be happy when it comes to that. And on top of it, obviously, Duke plays North Carolina in an epic game, so I am i could not be happier. Um, Clippers are also on that high note, so I'm, I'm happy about, you know, a few nights ago their win, and hopefully they can keep, keep that gravy train going. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, you know, right now, everything is all gravy in the sports world for me. I don't know about other other fans, but for me, it's great. <laughs> but uh, for other fans, maybe not so much. But for me, it's awesome. It's all coming up Jihei right now. It's all coming up <laughs> Jihei in the uh, sports calendar. Uh, so with all that said, uh, something's not coming up my way. Uh, but we will touch on that as we get into today's headlines brought to you by Circus Sports. Well, LeBron James left the Lakers road trip early to continue his ankle rehabilitation in Los Angeles. James was ruled out for tonight's game at the Utah Jazz. He has been dealing with a left ankle sprain since Sunday and didn't play in Tuesday's blowout loss to the Mavericks. Anthony Davis is officially listed as doubtful to play tonight. What hope do you give the Lakers a rush of winning tonight or even making the play-in tournament, which I can't even believe that we're talking about this play-in tournament. What are your what are your thoughts? Isn't it crazy? I mean, they they are the 11 seed right now, and as bad as they were playing down the stretch, I definitely thought that they would find a way to be the 10 seed. I didn't think the set, that the San Antonio Spurs or that the Portland Trailblazers would would catch them. The Spurs amazingly are now the the 10 seed. The Lakers are on the outside looking in. Um, you know, the problem here for the Lakers is you know they they go up against a Jazz team that obviously wants a comeback win after your Clippers embarrass them. And when I say embarrass them, I mean you know coming back from 25 points down in the second half so you know no LeBron James he's not even with the team he's back in Los Angeles with Anthony Davis I, I keep hearing Friday um, is is the hopeful return date for him so I don't expect him to play tonight in Utah so no LeBron no AD on the road against the Jazz I think 
think this is another blowout loss for for the Lakers, Jihei. And and the problem there is they are running out of time. You know, once once they lose tonight, which I'm predicting that they're going to lose, you know, the, the, there's only six games left in the season. So I I, I just don't see how they can. Um, possibly come back and again i i never thought this team would miss out on the play-in tournament because again that's that's the 10 seed my my goodness i mean they are going to finish the season as an 11 seed that's crazy to me well and on top of it the fact that they're not even talking about this anymore right i don't even think is, is the team even talking about like yo there's still time guys we still you know we still got some magic left or anything they're not even talking about that right now right in the press conferences i think that they're just trying to well i think the press conferences have become very contentious you know where yeah. where the re- reporters are basically re- repeating the same questions you know what can you do what has to change and it's like you know at this point in the season it's like there's 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 time left but there's not a whole lot of time left well and not not for not for the Lakers. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, I mean, if this is how you're going to consistently play, and on top of it, you haven't had LeBron in a few games, right? It's been it's been a few yeah. games now that you haven't had LeBron, um, so you're not helping your cause. I think regardless, I don't think it's going to. Uh, it ain't gonna get better. It's not gonna get any better from here. I think so. Maybe time to uh, move forward, move on. Uh, like I've been saying for probably months, as opposed to um, just just as of recent for everybody else. Another shocker, Arash, Bruce Arians. He shocked the football world on Wednesday when he announced he was stepping down after three seasons as the Tampa Bay Bucks head coach and moving into a front office position with the organization. Defensive coordinator Todd Bowles will replace Arians as head coach. There are rumors, however, swirling that this was kind of a prerequisite for Tom Brady to return to Tampa Bay. The team says that's not true. What do you think? You know, I, I think there is something there, uh, Jihei, because I think the uh, timing of this lends you to believe that there's something more there. Also, the fact that he's not retiring. You know, it's not like this is a health concern. This is not like he needs to step away from football. I mean, he is literally uh, still going to be a part of the team, transitioning into a front office role. Uh, this, you know, I mean, the, the one guy who's really been on top of this story is Bill Simmons. When 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 uh, Tom Brady came back, I think Simmons was the first one to kind of float out there that there's problems with Brady and Bruce, and that he would have been shocked if if Bruce was the head coach of this team. And, and again, you're talking about a guy who two years ago won a Super Bowl. You know, gee, like we were in Tampa for that game. So, you know, the fact that he's now um, moving aside, stepped aside, taking a role. Uh, Again, he's still with the team, so I, I think this is why I, I, I believe that there's more there. I think if he if he felt he was done with with coaching, this would have been a decision he would have made before uh, before now, and and so I do think that there is something there. Yeah, this seems a little too fishy to me, right? I mean, this he might be Tom Brady might be taking a role or a page out of LeBron James or Aaron, even Aaron Rodgers book which you know what he's earned the right he has earned the right to make his own team to want his own team to um, be able to return because he is the goat i mean seven rings you can't really argue against that you know arians wouldn't have a ring if it wasn't for brady and maybe even vice versa um i do however think this is shady i don't care what the team says they're trying to keep that locker room sacred and um pure i guess but at the end of the day you know if if you can't get along with your head coach 
know something's something's got to give and this might actually be the the push that he needs right like maybe he bruce probably is like you know what i'm too old for this stuff and i'm just ready to move over and move to the side because it is a young man's game so let's see how this defensive coordinator does maybe he I don't know. Maybe maybe they're still Super Bowl bound. Do you think they're still Super Bowl bound? I well well I I think that that the conference is wide open. Um, I do think as long as you have Tom Brady in the mix, that you are a Super Bowl contending team. So, yeah, I'm, I'm still gonna put them in the mix. Um, but yeah, I I I 100% am of the mindset that Tom Brady essentially conveyed, I'll come back, but I'm not playing for Bruce. And and they had to figure, again, Bruce couldn't have resigned the day after Tom Brady came back or even a week after. So they they needed this one month of cushion, it seems like, to allow for this moment to kind of subside. And, and again, it didn't take long for people to connect the dots here. Yeah, it seems a little too convenient, I think, that he, because you're right, he could have retired earlier. Right, he could have retired earlier. Anyways, the or, or stepped down earlier, I guess yeah. is a better way of saying it. Um, well, the Clippers take on the Chicago Bulls tonight, 48 hours after their historic comeback against the Utah Jazz, coming back from 25 points in the second half, and Paul George scoring 34 points in his first game back in 2022. Can the Clippers do it again tonight? Arash on the road against one of the top five teams in the East. I'm never doubting this team again. I am never doubting the Clippers' ability <laughs> to, to uh, come back. It, it, it is one of the most uh, amazing things that we've seen in quite some time. And, and we talked about it before the game because, so w- you know, when when Paul George came back, um, we said he was coming back to a very resilient team, a team that had come back from you know 24 points down a couple of times and 35 points down against Washington. So this was a resilient group. So he was coming back to a uh, a, a really you know blue collar you know tough team. Uh, so with, with 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 Paul George back in the mix, and I think the biggest thing about Paul George being back is that he really truly picked up where he left off which is so hard to do if you've missed 40 plus games in your first game back you drop 34 points and lead your team back from a 25 point uh comeback in the second half it it, it it's remarkable so i don't know if they win tonight i i I'm, i'll tell you this one thing about the clippers og you're probably the same way I'm not changing the channel of that team's down. If it's the third quarter and they're down 25 points, I am not changing the channel. So I agree with you on this not changing the channel thing because I did change the channel when they beat Utah and I'm never doing that again. That was the worst thing that I could have ever done uh, in the third quarter. Basically just kind of started watching Bravo. Don't hate me, Clipper fans. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I did change the channel. But yeah, I'm never changing the channel ever again. I will keep it on um, the Clipper game tonight i um I, I don't know about how they're going to compete but i know that they will compete right um especially if you're still having paul george uh helping them out here so i mean like you said arash don't count us out don't count the clippers out they they are going to contend especially towards the end of this um tor- since the season's like almost coming you know, to a close the biggest question now, I, I think, you know, Paul George coming back out of nowhere, and we talked about how secretive the Clippers are when it comes to players coming back and trades and moves and things like that, is the health of Kawhi. Um, and and I and I would be shocked if if, if he's not. I, I don't know why I'm saying this. It's not based in anything. 
I don't think Paul George is coming back on his own. I think Paul George is coming back because he knows Kawhi will be back at some point, whether it's the play-in tournament or the first round. Kawhi will come back. I mean, I want to I, I want to be optimistic and say that you're right, Arash. But at the same time, you know, Kawhi's on Kawhi time, man. Like yeah. uh, Kawhi has always been on Kawhi time, whether he was with San Antonio or whether he was with the Clippers. He's on Kawhi time, and I think he's going to continue to be on Kawhi time. It, they're going to leave it up to him, and however long that's going to be. And God, I really, really hope it's during the playoffs. But again, we'll we'll see what Kawhi has to say and what um, what he decides. Well, the United States is going to the World Cup. It's understandable if you're finding this out for the first time just now. The United States punched their ticket to the World Cup Wednesday night with a 2-0 loss in a game that aired on Paramount Plus. Wonderful Paramount Plus. That's right. <laughs> the streaming service that you can watch Frasier reruns on. Oh, man. Now I have to get it. I love me some <laughs> Frasier. Um, are, you, are you excited about the World Cup, Arash? And when is soccer going to get more love in the U.S.? Listen, I am so excited for the World Cup. And what an amazing moment for the United States to be back in the World Cup after they missed the competition, uh, a, you know, four years ago. Uh, but that being said, uh, Paramount Plus, listen, great for Frasier, great for a lot of reruns and a lot of maybe new programming. The game, I think the, the game is on there. Um, but here's, here's the thing. You have a World Cup qualifying match. You got to get that game on actual television because the the United States is still in a position where they are still developing into a, 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 a rabid soccer nation. And the big thing for us is we are hosting the World Cup four years. Oh, wait. No. Yeah. In 2026. So, um Listen, I, I don't know when the U.S. is going to get better, uh, you know, you know, a more rabid fan base. Because, again, I didn't even know this game was happening until I was flipping around and I got a, a notice that they lost to lost 2-0 to Costa Rica, but they still uh, advanced to the World Cup. So, listen, I love the World Cup. Very excited about the World Cup. Cannot wait for the World Cup to come back to the United States in 2026. But, listen, we got to do a better job. That game's got to be on, you know, the Fox like ESPN, something else. Yeah, I mean, I would love for this to happen, but I don't think it's going to. And I'm I'm only saying that because the fan base, even though I've been to an LAFC game and I love um, the vibe and, you know, the environment and how crazy people get during those games, it doesn't translate to the rest of the country. Uh, you know, the rest of the country, they're only going to watch. It's like the Olympics. It's like going to watch the Olympics. You you do not care until your country is finally up for a medal to like contend for a medal of some kind or some sort. Nobody cares about the luge. Nobody cares about <laughs> you, like they don't, though. Right. Like um, what? What's the I'm not I'm even blanking on the sport that it is where you um, it's the winter sport where you just you're circling these two curling curling yeah nobody cares about curling because i can't even come up with the name of curling to even make up make my point right so people will people will care once it's on and once they're actually buying and contending for a um for a medal but at the or a trophy or whatever but at the at the end of the day you know it it would be idealistic. It'd be great, but it's. I just don't think it's going to happen. Maybe at least not in our lifetime. This is going to be like my Gonzaga bet. It ain't going to happen in our <laughs> lifetime. Maybe like maybe a hundred years from now, you know, yeah. soccer will be on a national network of some kind or something. But what, as far as like our lives are concerned, I just don't think it's going to happen. 
Seton Hall has now hired uh, Shaheen Holloway. And if you don't know that name, shame on you. You should know that name. Fresh <laughs> off leading St. Peter's on its historic Elite Eight run as its head coach. Holloway will be introduced as the Pirates coach today after agreeing to a six-year deal. It's a great coming home story, but if you were him, would you have stayed and built on what you've already created at St. Peter's? No, listen, I, I, I think he he had to go home. I mean, this, I mean, Seton Hall is his school. Again, he's, he's not going far. This is all in the same metropolitan region. Again, New York, New Jersey, things like that. Um, no, this is a great moment for him, and I'm so happy for him. And, and, and the fact of the matter is there are certain programs that can pay you more, and they, and they can give you a nicer arena and better training facilities and things like that. So, I mean, what an amazing story it was for St. Peter's to go to the Elite Eight. I, 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 there's no doubt that he took that program as far as that they could go. There was no... You know, the, the there was no way he was going to take that program to the Final Four in the next couple of years or, or something like that. So um, he had to take this job, um, and it, it really it, it, it really is a great story when you can go back to the school that you played for. And he's had an amazing journey to get to this point in terms of where he's played and coached. So kudos to him. What an amazing run. Yeah, I'm just going to say when mama comes calling, you answer the phone. You don't hang it up. You don't say, hey, mom, I'll call you later. Seton Hall is his mother, you know, and that's <laughs> that's just that's what happens when your alumni calls you when a school that built you and helped you, you help them. Right. So I don't think there's I don't think there's ever been an alumnus who has said no to their alumni when they come calling and saying, hey, we need you come to our program come you know get us to the promised land and at least get us in um at viable and into the tournament or you know whatever sport you're possibly contending for a national championship for so um this is going to be really hard for him though i'm not going to lie because the big east is finally the big east again so this is yeah. going to be an uphill battle for him but i'm psyched for him because you know what he's earned his stripes doing what he did with a non-logo uh, kind of team. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if I don't know if you remember seeing them on Instagram. They like didn't have their logos on their their uh, warmups. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but you know, good for him. Good for him. I'm really excited for him. I hope he turns that program around because Seton Hall has been a hot garbage mess for a while. So they, <laughs> they, they need some, they need maybe somebody that's going to be a little innovative and going to be, um, and, and be alumni. I mean, I'm really hoping this isn't a Patrick Ewing issue that they yeah. have where they're, they end up in last place in the, uh, in the big East, but you know, kudos. To the, he's a great coach. I think what he did for these kids, he's a great coach. Well, we're coming up on the last headline guys. It's my favorite topic. That's right, not college basketball. Formula One cars <laughs> will race under the lights down the Las Vegas Strip in 2023 as part of a new event on the championship calendar. Las Vegas will host its event on a Saturday night in November, a rarity in an F1 calendar featuring uh, Grand Prix events on Sundays. What do you think of F1 coming to Las Vegas, Arash? It's incredible. I mean, and I'm going to defer to you just because uh, I, I need you to touch on you actually getting in the car and seeing you in that 
in that racing suit. Uh, but no, I mean, what an amazing moment for Vegas, and we touched on it on the show yesterday. They're they're trying to get the NBA there. They're trying to get Major League Soccer. The, you know, I mean, they're trying to get a, a, a team in every major league, and this is part of it. You know, this is becoming one of the capitals of the sports world. I mean, really, the Los Angeles Las Vegas connection is the center of the sports world and i mean formula one on its own is amazing under the lights of the las vegas strip is gonna be incredible dude that's going to be nuts i I can only imagine i I really hope that we're gonna be available to go and see that when it does um happen but um like actually live and in person but yeah the so first of all i'm going to talk about me being in that car because i i am not an adrenaline junkie i know it probably seems like it because i'm always so hyped every single time around a sporting event but i'm not an adrenaline junkie but i was kind of raised around that sport for a little time due to an ex-boyfriend um and his father raised dragsters that was my initial uh you know uh showing of you know f1 and uh indie cars and all uh, and the like and the you definitely get a high like a natural high when you turn those corners um so i was in an indie car which was amazing and then i was in a porsche that was the equivalent of an indie car except wow. there was air conditioning in it which was glorious and then the coup de gras i was in a drift car that was my wow. bucket list checked off checked off it was incredible for those guys the like the torque that they had like the speed that they they shut everything down and they keep speeding back up and then they turn you around guys if you ever have a chance to be in a drift car i say do it it is phenomenal so i can't wait for this f1 uh to come to vegas and you know it, it it's couldn't they couldn't have picked a better backdrop for um an f1 uh, series car race Look at you with the Grand Prix. You are our like Grand Prix uh, <laughs> like expert. We're 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 gonna be at the Long Beach Grand Prix. Is that next week, Jihei? Yes, next uh, okay. next weekend. Yeah. All right, can't wait for that. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend Nick Hamilton. When we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hey guys, G here from the Arash Markazi Show. Tons of people, by the way, take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. I know I can use that. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements don't have been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, guys, take ownership of your health. 
This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Still clown when the underground when we come around. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show, guys, where we have lost Mr. Arash Markazi to the bright lights of Dallas, Texas for just one segment. But we are blessed, as always, to have our friend of the show and Mr. Baller and getting his tan on in Arizona, Mr. Nick Hamilton. Welcome back, Nick. Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? I'm Mr. Rosh, man. I know, right? He's just he's wheeling and dealing <laughs> over there in in uh, beautiful Dallas, Texas, while we're stuck here in LA. But you're at spring training right now. Like, let's just get into that first. Um, you're in spring training. What, um, what's going on? How how is spring training going for you? Oh, it's going well. I mean, the weather's held up pretty nice. Uh, There's about three or four different stadiums uh, for this week, so it's been pretty cool. Went to Camelback Ranch. Uh, was a good year. Uh, here at Tempe uh, with the Angels, um, and out there surprise. So it's been pretty cool. Nice, nice. Yeah, have you been get? Have you been getting a nice? I know people say that black people don't tan, but black people really do tan. So are you like staying protected and everything I, like that? Man, I throw a hoodie on, or <laughs> I just stay in the shade. I find the shade. I'm not about to be out here getting these UV rays. Yeah, and uh, burning burning this baby soft skin I had. So, you know, I got to keep it right. Yeah. Tight. No, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Well, keep uh, talking about keeping it right, nice uh, little segue there. Clippers are keeping it right, man. They uh, finally got my boy Paul uh, back. So, let, let's talk about that. Um, where do you where do you see maybe possibly the Clippers going from here since they got Paul George back? I think, I mean, first of all, you know, congratulations to Paul George on making it back. I mean, he never gave up. Um, he, I remember he said that in his post game, you know, we want to embrace basically the normal mentality and what Kobe went through and how Kobe held up, even played through injury. And he, want, he wanted to get that same type of effort, and he absolutely did against the Utah Jazz. Um, fortunately, he didn't lose the game for them because uh, sometimes Paul George has a tendency of playing hero ball and wants to do it all. Um, so it was good to see him kind of balance everything out. But I think the Clippers can actually get through the play-in tournament um, I think they're one and done in the first round if they happen to make the first round without Kawhi Leonard and, and Norman Powell um, because I think it's just it's just an uphill battle. I mean, the Phoenix Suns are playing some incredible basketball right now. We watched an incredible game uh, just a couple of nights ago against the Golden State Warriors where it was hotter than a Beyonce jumpsuit. So, I mean, <laughs> if you look at what, you know, the, the, the Phoenix Suns have done without Chris Paul, now they have Chris Paul back. Um, and Chris Paul's, you know, playing himself back into shape and to rhythm. I mean, it's going to be an incredible uh, play playoff series. But I think, you know, the West, I hate to say it, but I think the West has gotten weaker. Um, I think um, I think the West, uh, you know, there's pretty much two teams, maybe three. Uh, but then the Eastern Conference is, is, is loaded to the gills. I mean, what the Western Conference used to be, uh, you know, a couple of years back, I mean, it was loaded. Now the Eastern Conference is loaded. It's more exciting, which I, I love the parity in the Eastern Conference. Uh, but like I said, to answer your question earlier, I think Paul George uh, can definitely be, be a spark on this team that they've needed and kind of take some pressure off of Reggie Jackson having to do everything. Yeah, um, you talked about how obviously I totally agree with you. The e- the East is packed and the, the West is just declining and there's only a few top teams. Do you... Um, can you speak a little bit more on on that? Like, wh- how do you think and why do you think the West has declined? Is it like just because they only have like one or two superstars and not playing as a collective? Like, what um, as far as that's concerned? Like, why do you think that the West has gotten weaker yet the East has gotten stronger? 
I just think um, you look at the lack, like you said, superstars, but also injuries too. I think that's a lot of people we see with the Los Angeles Lakers and their injury woes and how they've gotten older, um, and then exactly you know what they've been able to do, what they've been able to do as far as um, you know not being able to perform at the high level that we all expected them to perform with that roster that was in, that was intact. Um, you know, so I think that hurt. Um, because when LeBron and the Lakers aren't playing good basketball, then, you know, the, the NBA is not as strong as it could be. It's the same thing um, that can be said for a variety of things. I mean, you have Dallas and Luka coming on, uh, but they haven't emerged as of yet. We know the Steph Curry's of the world. We know the Clay Thompson's. We know Chris Paul and Devin Booker, who continues to be emerging stars. Even John Morant, you know, John Morant has been doing uh, this season. That's why I said in the West, it's maybe two or three things that you really are excited about. Uh, but outside of that, it's nothing. But the Celtics have been playing some incredible ball. Um, you know, you look at the Miami Heat, how they got their ebbs and flows, the Milwaukee Bucks, and Giannis just went on a tear the other night against the Sixers. Um, then you have MV, a strong MVP candidate in Joel Embiid and, and, the, and the Sixers. Um, so there's a lot going on. We'll see what the Brooklyn Nets out of Kyrie has been free uh, to play in the city of, of New York. Um you know, and, and see how that's going to go. I mean, more likely they're probably going to be in the play-in tournament, but I should be excited to watch him and KD. And to me, if KD, if you can't get it done with KD and Kyrie, and I know Ben Simmons, I, I count Ben Simmons out. I, I don't think he's coming back. All those Jane Fonda workout videos, <laughs> I don't give a damn about that. That's like watching a spring practice for college ball. Like, oh my God, he's still doing so well. It's spring practice. They know each other. Give me some real competition and we'll talk. Right. So, it's great to see Ben Simmons trying to work. But when you have a herniated disc and you have a back injury, that's very, very tough to come back from. And you don't want to rush that because you have some years with Ben Simmons. You have some, you have some time to let Ben Simmons properly heal, properly get back, and then really utilize his services that you've acquired him for moving forward. You have to play for the macro, not the micro. And I think that's what the Brooklyn Nets need to do. But hell, if KD was a big toe away from sending the Milwaukee Bucks home and getting the Nets to the Eastern Conference without uh, Kyrie Irving, who I believe is a top 10 player, and a hobbled James Harden at that time, and you, now you have a healthy Kyrie, you got a healthy KD, and you still can't get it done, I got to look at Steve Nash and the upper management of the Brooklyn Nets. Nick, thank you as always for joining us. In terms of the play-in tournament, it's looking more and more like the Clippers are going to meet Minnesota in that first game. How do you think that that matchup would, would fare for the Clippers? And do you think if they were to somehow not make it out of the play-in tournament, what do you think the vibe for the offseason for the future would be if they didn't, for some reason, make it out of the play-in? Well, I mean, I, I, the Clippers game against Minnesota is going to be tougher than the Chiefs face. And that's what it's going to be. I mean, it, it's definitely going to be It's going to be a grind. Um, the Clippers have shown that they don't give up. I don't care if you got them down by 25. It's still not over. Uh, you have to bury this team. You have to put the nail in the coffin in this team. And you have to do what is, what is necessary for you to ensure that this team is pretty much put away. Um, and, and Minnesota can't take their foot off the gas at all. Like I said, they've been playing some incredible ball. I think Pat Beverly. Essence has rubbed off on Carl Anthony Towns, who's been playing well, um, and the rest of the team. So it's going to be tough going to Minnesota to play that game. Um, however, it is possible that the Clippers could make it. I know Norman Powell is, is scheduled could come back, I should say, could come back uh, within the next seven to ten days, which could possibly help the Clippers. 
because they can need all the added weapons that they can get. Um, if they don't make, if they don't get out of the playing tournament, you can't. I mean, you, you listen. Two of their biggest superstars were injured for the majority of the season. Kawhi Leonard all season, uh, Paul George majority is seventy five percent of the season. So, without your two main superstars, I mean, for them to even be in a playing tournament is remarkable to say the least. That's why I said earlier that I believe that Kyrie should be a consideration for Coach of the Year because of what he's been able to establish. And then also looking at Reggie Jackson, looking at guys like Amir Carson, looking at Luke Kennard, looking at guys like that that have really filled in and stepped up in a major way. Uh, you know, Terrence Mann, guys like that have really been stepping in and really been filling that role. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's not a season that you can hang your head on. Of course, the guys are going to be disappointed. Guys are going to, you know, always want to excel to the highest level. They, 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 they play hard for Tyreek. Tyreek has a very high level of expectation as well as Steve Ballmer, the owner. However, you have to be realistic and understand that, hey, man, without the two main superstars, and then you also lost Norman Powell, who was a, who was a guy you carry for that could really give you some quality minutes, really looked like he was falling in the offense and in, in the first three to four games that he, was, that he arrived and then ended up getting injured. That doesn't help. Uh, so I think they, they can look at next year, get some guys back healthy, maybe, you know, uh, make make a few trades here and there uh, to kind of bolster that roster, especially in that second unit. And I think the Clippers will be ready to roll. I think Kawhi will be back. CG will be back healthy. Norman Powell will be back. Uh, maybe add a couple of guys in the rotation. Um, you know, like I said, off the bench, they can give you some quality minutes. Maybe add a veteran presence um, on, in that in that secondary unit, um, and then move forward. In terms of the other Los Angeles team, we don't say the name anymore on the show, <laughs> but um, they are in Utah tonight. A game that uh, supposedly LeBron and Anthony Davis are not going to play. Anthony Davis is apparently questionable for tomorrow night's game against the Pelicans. Do you think that that makes a difference? And would you be, at this point, would you be surprised if the Lakers not only, you know, missed the play-in tournament, what percent chance do you think they have to even make it to round one? First of all, I answer the question, hell to the no. <laughs> <laughs> what is, first of all, that's an L against Utah. Utah yeah. gonna be pissed. They gave up. They gave up a twenty-five point lead to the Clippers. And Spider Mitchell doing his best Chris Webber imitation. It's <laughs> uh, going to look to rebound himself uh, after that future performance down the stretch. Uh, Spider Mitchell, I think, is a good player. Uh, they're going to be at home. The crowd's going to be into it. Uh, Utah fans are really they, they 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 get up for these games, especially when the Lakers come to town. Uh, no LeBron, no AD. Russell Westbrook is going to be all over the place. Uh, <laughs> And it's not it's not going to end well for the Lakers. Uh, I don't see them winning. And my question is, what the hell are you bringing back AD? Yeah. What is the purpose? Like, who thought that was a really good idea? Even on paper, who in the hell thought that was a good idea? What is he really going to do? First of all, he can't play 30 minutes just coming back. That would be crazy because we all know if the boy sits down wrong, he could potentially get injured. And I'm not, I'm not making light of his injury because it's very serious. And I think Anthony Davis is a talented player, but the man can't stay healthy longer than five minutes. And that's the problem. And you gave him this big time, big time deal that you're stuck with now because this guy is going to be the future of your team at some point. With Anthony Davis, I think to me they should shut down LeBron and Anthony Davis. I think I think it's time to move on, let the young guys get some reps in, you know, see what, what Westbrook can do. You know, just get his rest in for the rest of the season. He's exciting to watch, nonetheless. Um, and maybe, you know, that, that can do something, you know, moving forward. As, uh, uh, but 
No, I'm not surprised that they don't they don't make the playing tournament or make the first round. I'm not surprised at all. This team was 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 the ARP team of the NBA. <laughs> this team was old. I mean, they can get a CSS discounted IHOP. That's how old this team was. <laughs> uh, you got guys that are, that, are, that have to be in 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 the ice bath for two or three days at a time. Uh, so some old muscles, you know, and and it's just unfortunate. Um, LeBron's had an incredible season. MVPS type season, but unfortunately that was been overshadowed by the losses, been overshadowed by Russell Westbrook and his future performances of playing, um, and how he just didn't fit in this offense. Um, I think, like I said, I think Russell Westbrook is, a, is an incredible player, uh, but he just did not fit. He was not. They tried to put a square peg in a round hole, and it just didn't fit, and that's unfortunate because it really uh, did a disservice to Westbrook, and it really did a disservice to the Lakers team as a whole. And this is probably going to go down as probably one of the worst trades in Lakers history, um, especially if they don't make the playing tournament. I mean, if they do make the playing tournament, I'm still saying it's one of the worst trades <laughs> because I don't think they get out of the playing tournament at all. They're better off having a hopscotch tournament than playing basketball. <laughs> In terms of the other team from California, the Golden State Warriors, obviously with Steph Curry out, they have been struggling a lot. What do you think about their postseason potential? And and going into next season, what do you think about their future outlook? Ah, Golden State is a tricky beat because you don't know what you're really going to get. Um, I think there's some things, I mean, obviously, again, health has been their issue. Obviously, Clay Thompson coming back almost middle of the season. James Wiseman has been out. Draymond has been out for quite a while. And Steph has been out. So it's, it's a lot of components to this. Um, I think for them to have a very strong run, they're going to have to be healthy. Um, I love Draymond and Jay Crowder getting into it the other yeah. night. That was funny. You know about that life, as, as, as Draymond said. You from Buckhead. You have you raised in a nice neighborhood. You know about that life. So I'm really looking forward to that series if, they, if, if it happens between the Suns and the Warriors because I think it's going to be not just an exciting series, uh, to watch, but I think it's going to be very, very physical at certain points. It's going to, it's going to get chippy at certain, certain times, too. Um, but I think the Phoenix Suns have something to prove. They realize they didn't get the job done. They, they tricked it off last season against the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, and I think they, they're, they're determined to get the job done. I think Devin Booker is hungry. He wants that ring. He, he got a chance to sniff the, 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 the aroma of a championship. You know, he got so close but couldn't taste that champagne if he tried. So I think now they're more determined in having Chris Paul come back. I think it's really, really added some, a, a unique fire and edge to that team. But the Golden State Warriors are going to have to pick it up. They're going to have to stay strong. They have to stay diligent. They have to stay healthy. And I think health has really been a, 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 a plague for that franchise and for that team, man, because they're so talented. They're fun to watch. They, they really play so easy basketball when it comes to how deep they want them to play for. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how they move forward. But the team I'm excited about, and hopefully John Morant, you know, when John Morant comes, Memphis is going to be the team I'm going to win. I think Memphis can at least make it to the second round. I really do. I think there. I think John Morant is just going to tear. I think he is definitely the new face of the league. I love Luka. I love you know Ice Trey in Atlanta, but John is to me, like I said before, he has the heart of a young Kobe. He's fearless. He'll get at you. He'll come. He'll come at you directly. He ain't scared. He ain't taking no challenges off. And I think that's something that you love to see in a young player of this caliber. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. Let's talk about spring training because obviously you are out there, Nick. In terms of the Angels, what is the vibe like surrounding that team going into the season? Do you get an optimistic approach? Because obviously this team is loaded with talent and they have yet to make the playoffs in a few years. Do you think that this year will be different for the Angels? It absolutely could be. I think when you look at when it, when it came to Shoei Otani, when it came to Mike Trout, uh, and Anthony Redone, combined, they only played 17 games together last season. Uh, because of injury. And so I think I have like I said earlier, guys have to stay healthy. Um, I think it's a renewed focus because it is a new year. I think a lot happened with the, with the collective bargaining agreement these guys being locked out. Um, I think, you know, guys are more determined to prove that they have, you know, now that baseball is back, I think being in that locker room is very upbeat. Guys are uh, optimistic. Guys are positive. It's enough to see. Um, I think there's, there's a lot of things that they feel like they need to prove as a, as a collective, as a team. I mean, you got Noah Syndergaard now on the mound, along with Shohei Ohtani. Um, and it just, sometimes guys need a fresh start. Sometimes guys need a, a new location to kind of re- get their, their batteries recharged and really go out there and perform at the highest level. And I do think there's, there's an opportunity um, to for the Angels to maybe get a wild card. Uh, if they're healthy, it's not going to be easy. Um, the Angels, it's a long season. It's going to be a very grueling season uh, because you're going to have some double headers because you have to make up some of those games they lost because of the lockout. And that's going to happen to a lot of teams. Um, so the Angels are going to have to be really dig their heels in. And I also think that, you know, hey, Joe Madden's going to have to pull a rabbit out of his hat. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that franchise has been just so I don't want to say sad because they're not sad. There's like you guys said, they're loaded with talent, um, but it's always going to be an uphill battle for you. Switching gears really quick, we got to talk about this because it's just it's everywhere. Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, do you think that there is friction because he is staying? Because Bruce Arians is obviously he's staying with the franchise, but he's moving to the uh, to the front office. Um, but do you believe uh, all the rumors out there that uh, you know Tom basically forced forced him out and made him move out to the uh, to the front office? I don't think you could force Bruce Arians. I think Bruce Arians is strong. His fans, he, he's 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 one of the old dudes that got some old man hands. So if you want to challenge the old dude and catch <laughs> some old man hands, that's not a dude you want to you want to touch. You want to touch it. Uh, but I think you know I think Bruce may have been you know it may there may be some smoke in that fire. But I also think Bruce was probably ready to move on. I think he was probably ready to, to, to take on a new challenge. And also, props to him for giving Todd Bowles a black coach, now a head coach, and another opportunity in the league. And I, that, to me, should be the main point, the fact that you got another black head coach in the National Football League now. Number three, uh-oh, we, we, we climbing, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, and, but I think it's, it's a great opportunity for Todd Bowles. I think it's a great opportunity for Bruce Arians to, to do what he needs to do. Um, and I, I think that gets, unfortunately, that gets overshadowed by the whole Tom Brady, Bruce Arians view, which is a bunch of nonsense. You look at the bigger picture, the bigger scope, because we've got to have to go out there and win ball games. And somebody's got to coach them. And what better person than then what they were familiar with than Bob Bowles, former defensive coordinator, now here. So congratulations, Bob Bowles. No, I definitely agree with you. I think um, this is maybe just my personal uh, opinion, but I think it's a little tainted just because he got – he just basically got promoted as opposed to being like, hey, you're our guy. We want you to, like, pull in. But I, I could be 100% wrong on that. Well, I think this is, listen, 
take it how you get it. Get it how you live. So if you can get it that way, then you know what? Get it how you live. The, the important part is you still have to perform on the box. And if he does an excellent job at the side on the sidelines, who the hell cares? Because other white coaches have gotten the same type of treatment, and nobody says a damn thing. No, nope. but when a black coach goes, when a black coach gets an opportunity like that, everybody wants. Well, you know, I don't know. He, he kind of walked into it. Well, other coaches have walked into stuff too. It's all knowing people, it's all networking, ladies and gentlemen. Get <laughs> used to it. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. Uh, really, really quick, you got like ten seconds to answer this final four. Who you got? You in. Hmm. Boo! Coach K. Boo! Well, that's all she wrote, guys, for today. Thank you so much, Nick. We'll talk to everybody tomorrow with Arash finally back and NBC's Nick, or sorry, Michael Duarte. Uh, that's all she wrote here from 1090 and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.